Shut up, Jackson. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 32 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about, I mean, I'm, I don't even know how to open these shows anymore. The Jags are at the top of the NFL right now, Sammy, and the Texans are at the bottom, so I can't even lump them together. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Sam McFadden. I'm absolutely giddy. Um you should be, um, man. We'll talk about it a little bit later when we're actually talking about the games, but it's a good time. It's it's a good time to be a Jaguars fan, which is not something I get to experience often. Dude, it's so good that Mina Kimes' guest on her show this week was a Jaguars fan. I don't know that that's ever happened before. I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> doubt it. I'm um, a little bit upset that it wasn't me. Yeah, one day, one day. I would have done it. it. (laughs) Me too. I I can play a Jaguars fan. Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, All right. Before, a little more serious, before we hop into our quick questions, thoughts to those in Florida. Hurricane Ian is doing crazy damage all across the coast. Um, Hopefully everyone who's in the danger zones have been able to get to safety um, and things are replaceable, which is good. Um, I just, I really do hope that everyone's safe. Absolutely. All right. With that noted, um, you got a quick question for me. I do. I do. Let me, let me show it to you. Um, Oh, it's not showing. But my quick question is not really a question. It's just let's talk about this for a second. The Chargers, they're doing it again. And my question to you, I guess, is where do you see the Chargers after three weeks? Are they still Super Bowl potential? Are they perhaps wild card? Are they out of the playoffs? Where do you see them right now? No, I think they make the playoffs. They're... I don't want to say anything positive. I've said so much positive stuff about the Chargers in the whole time for years and years and years. I've been like, there's no such thing as curses in football, in sports. There's no such thing. The Chargers have just landed on unfortunate timing. They either had bad special teams or a bunch of injuries or yada-da-da-da. Uh, they might be cursed. <laughs> I, I've, I've said I've said plenty about the Chargers on this podcast. Everyone knows where, knows my stance on them, and all I got to say is, so far, I've been exactly right, and it's not all their fault. A lot of injuries there. We'll talk about the injuries here in a second, but a lot of injuries on that team. But that offense, I'm I'm tired of uh, what's his name, Brandon Staley. They aren't utilizing their star players in a way that I think they should be. And Keenan's so been out. Yeah. That's tough. And Justin Herbert's hurt. That's also tough. But, I mean, <laughs> they have moved to a bit more of a – they've taken Eckler off the field more and more this season as opposed to last season. They've seen their, – their rushing attack is not – nearly as dangerous as it was last season. They are targeting Josh Palmer a lot. And Josh Palmer's good. 
they're targeting um oh what is that other receiver's name oh geez oh i'm uh oh the deep threat he just tore his acl yes yeah anyway my point is i think that they should hyper hyper target their very valuable assets and i don't think they have been doing that is there a reason that you think that, Sam? Could it be that two of those I, assets I are on your people. fantasy I mean, team? I do have two people on their, on on fantasy, Michael Williams and Austin Eckler, but answer me this, Oscar. Am I wrong? No, not at all. Okay. And yeah. you mentioned Brandon Staley being the culprit of this, and he definitely plays a part. He's the head coach. But their defense is phenomenal, and that's his calling card. Their defense has been very good. Their run defense, not so much, but – Everything else on that D is great. They did just get ransacked by the Jaguars, but I think that that was more organizational than defense-related. When they hired Joe Lombardi to be their offensive coordinator, I literally said fuck when I got the notification because I'm the biggest Justin Herbert fan that for someone that has nothing to do with the Chargers – and he is trying to yep. pigeonhole Justin Herbert into the Drew Brees offense. And they are completely different quarterbacks. Which, yeah, I was about to say, I think if it, like anyone could watch one game of Justin Herbert and tell you they're not similar even a little bit. So maybe you should use a different game plan. Um, the Chargers are so frustrating. We can move on to your quick question, but... I put this in the show doc. Uh, <laughs> I put the uh, the meme. They do this every year from Ice Age into this because they do. Why? <laughs> they talk about this over and over again. And the Chargers. Listen, I am a. I'm secretly a Chargers lover, and I would love for them to be good. But they just keep on hurting me, and I refuse to give them any credit until they prove it to me. So right now, right now, I think they've fallen into. Like they're fighting for a wild card spot, and yeah, yeah, probably. The one thing going for them is that the Broncos and Raiders absolutely suck, and maybe they'll turn yeah. it around. Uh, but I have a lot more confidence in the Chargers turning it around, strictly because of their quarterback and their weapons, rather than the other two. Uh, you got to use those weapons for them to make a difference. That's all I'm saying. All right, my quick question for you, not even close to football-related. Sam, you are one to usually do several things with your facial hair throughout the year, and I noticed when we got on the call, the beard's getting a little full. What's the next move? Okay, so it's interesting. You're the third person to comment on that today. I mean, it looks phenomenal. It looks so good. I I appreciate that. Um, But you you – tend to get to this spot and then do something crazy. So I want to, I want to do it. I, um, I've said this when we've talked about it before that I don't, I don't have any plan for my hair, for my facial hair, for anything like that. I'm not exactly aiming to impress here. I I usually go based on what's easiest. Fair. This is just don't shave anything. Let the beard grow out. Um, if I had to guess, I, I'm probably going to shave this week or something like that. David back down short because um, uh, th- those of you who know me saw it, saw it, what it's like when it gets really, really long, and I do look rather homeless when that happens. <laughs> what? We're at, a, we're at a we're at a very delicate stage where 
it still looks okay, that will not last very long. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the last time we saw you with a full beard, you also had long hair, and that added to that. So I, I don't know, but it looks good right now. Uh, I'm still on team mustache, much to Sydney's chagrin. Uh, I mean, she likes it a little bit, but she prefers clean shaven. Um, And I most likely will be going clean shaven here pretty quick because I start on October 10th. I start my my real world job. So I might. You're going to be a corporate pony working for the man. And I hate. (laughs) says the man who has worked for his company for over a year now. Okay. Uh, Some non-football headlines. We're still doing the baseball home run counter. Albert Pujols hit 700. Love him to death. So excited. Uh, The fan that caught the home run gave it back to him for free, which has been a big topic of discussion on Twitter. What do you do if you catch the ball? Because they're usually worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, But then got like every bit of Cardinals merch he could ever want. So, you know, I guess it, it evens out. That's a lot of money, (laughs) man. I don't know. I don't think that evens out. (laughs) Yeah. But you also get to meet Albert. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough discussion. All I'm saying is if you, if you're telling me, Hey, a hundred, like let's, let's even say $10,000. Or I get to meet Albert Pujols and get a bunch of merch. I'm going to take the ten thousand dollars every time. Okay, but a million dollars your dinner with Jay Z. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> <he is. laughs> all right. Uh, Aaron Judge, meanwhile, has tied Roger Maris with sixty-one. That uh, happened last night. Actually, he has seven games left, including a series against the Orioles, and then he ends with a series against the Texas Rangers. Neither team has very good pitching, so it's quite possible that he's the new American League home run leader. Some want to call it the real MLB home run. We've talked about it, steroids. Uh, But exciting stuff. Happy for the guys. Okay, two things. Aaron Judge, are we sure he's not using steroids? Right. That's the thing. Are we sure? I guarantee you a ton of these guys are. They're the most competitive motherfuckers on the earth. Yep. This gives them a competitive advantage. Absolutely. I would do it. Anyway, <laughs> secondly, baseball's fake and we can move on. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Back to a real sport. NBA, we're back. Uh, our Spursies start the preseason on Sunday. I'm going to watch because it's our first uh, sighting of Jeremy Sohan in a Spurs jersey, which I'm kind of excited about. I will not watch. I'll watch. I'll watch the well, actual. I'll watch the actual first game. I don't really care about the anything before that. Well, the, the thing is, Jeremy Sohan might not be on the roster for the actual first game. Oh, I think he will. He might be in Austin. I, um, I don't think he. I, I'm pretty sure all three of the guys we drafted in the first round are going to be on the team. Well, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, media day. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of teams either in flux or like DeAndre Ayton said that he and the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Money Williams haven't spoken since the game seven debacle against the Mavericks, uh, which was like the fifth biggest story 
yesterday. Um, our Spurs, not a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Greg Poffage did tell everyone, do not bet on the Spurs to win the championship this year. Give out that bit of advice. Which yeah. I'm glad he did because I'm sure a lot of people were doing that. Uh, I'm just excited for the content that we're going to get out of Greg Poffage this year because I know that a ton is coming. Um, he doesn't care anymore. I mean, he's never cared about media availability and all that stuff, but he genuinely has thrown all that, like, stop caring completely, which is the best. I love that. I love it. I love it. Because for a long time, he had to be serious because the team was competitive and he wanted to put on a good face, blah, blah, blah. He was approaching the, the best coaches of all time list. Now he's clearly the best coach of all time. And the team is no longer winning. So he's like, F it. Might as well just screw around like I always have a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Less fun notes. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, has declared that he is going to sell both the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA team. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this stuff, the listeners, I'm sure you've seen the stuff that's come out. Several investigations were done about his behavior around the organization. Um, and the NBA cannot force an owner to sell the team. However, it's been pretty publicized that the rest of the owners around the league have put pressure on Robert Sarver, and that is why he's doing this. So, Right. Um, clearly, he's a terrible guy. Yeah. You should not own those franchises. It's a good thing. I'm sure some very rich fella will come in and own the team. Um, I think that anytime we see something like this, anytime we see an owner get ousted like this, it's really interesting because um, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious that owners um, – we talk, we talk a lot about athletes who do something terrible and get away with it basically, or get a much less, um, get basically a slap on the wrist for doing st- terrible stuff. And if there's little repercussions for them, it's their <laughs> repercussions are non-existent for owners. Um, so anytime a guy like this uh, has to answer somewhat for stuff he's done in the past, I love to see it. Um, this become like this is a bigger conversation that we can roll into the stuff uh happening with Washington right now that's a part of our NFL news um that uh per the Washington Post more and more owners are trying to get rid of Dan Snyder and um it's nice to see that there are things that can be done to try and get these guys to sell their franchises because like you said they can't they can't force them to sell it like yeah, it's something that they they physically own. They they possess. They really can't make even it. back with Donald Donald Sterling, the former owner of the Clippers. The NBA had yeah. no power to oust him, even after he did some horrible things, like worse than Robert Sarver. It was his wife who went to court, declared him physically and mentally incapable of making decisions about his finances. And she sold the team. So it's it's tough because right. both of the commissioners, Adam Silver and uh, Roger Goodell, work for the owners. Yeah. 
So they can't really do a whole lot. So I mean, I hope I hope Dan Snyder's gone. I soon. I think everyone who's a Washington fan wants him gone. Uh, I'm not sure he has any fans left, um, except for maybe Jerry Jones. Yeah. Um, Jackson had an interesting comment. If Jeff Bezos buys the team, the Suns, is it good or bad for the sport? Um, here's my question to you: Does Jeff Bezos have the kind of fuck you money to just like ruin everything? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Pay whatever fines, whatever luxury tax to just pay ridiculous amounts of money to whoever he wants to, whatever players he wants to, and just totally screw all of the other owners over. I think he does. I think that there are a few people that possess that kind of money. Oh yeah. I'm not I don't know. It's tough. I I personally think it's good for the sport because an inflection of money like that is probably a good thing get the players players paid more, but that's a good point. Like he has the fuck you money to a bunch of people that have fuck you money. Yeah. So I, I mean, if I'm him, I'm coming into the league. I'm, I'm saying, Hey guys, I'm going to pay, I'll pay tons of money and maybe even give you, give you like ownership of something like tons of stuff. If you come to the thing, I'll pay luxury tax. Let's win a couple titles, be a super team, screw over anyone who's been working hard to build a team under the current rules. And then they'll have to put something in place that says, make it much like make the penalties much worse just to make them stop. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing to watch. Sarver's stake in the suns is like 35%. Um, and Bill Simmons was talking about what he thinks the Suns are going to be valued at and then what that stake, you know, as a percentage would be. And he said it could be as much as $5 billion for the Suns. $5 billion yeah. total? Yeah, and then so the stake would be close to two. Which is okay. a lot of money. And I... I think he's right. He he was talking, he listed eight teams that he thinks are like worth owning in basketball. And Phoenix is one of them because it's an hour and a half away from the major cities, LA, San Francisco, wherever you are, it's an hour and a half flight. And all these guys that are owners have private jets. So like that's nothing to them. Um, all right. Interesting stuff. Anyway. Okay. We talked Dan Snyder. More NFL news. Dak Prescott told Lisa Salters, I heard this watching the Monday Night Football game, that he's comp- contemplating a return this week. I'm not sure that he'll be back, but it means he's close. I I tend to think he's not going to be and that the Cowboys won't let him. Um, Cooper Ash looks totally competent. We haven't lost with him yet, and we're playing the commanders who are falling apart and who have allowed the most sacks uh, this season. Um, I think that they can rely upon this defense and specifically our defensive line. And, um, also Donovan Wilson to rush the passer, uh, spy the QB and just kill Carson wins this game. Um, so I don't, I don't think we necessarily need him to play to get a win. Um, but I do think he probably plays next week. And it's against the Rams, which is a much tougher game. Uh, so that would, that would be helpful. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the next – after the Commanders game, the Cowboys schedule gets tougher for a few weeks. And so, in my opinion, it's either he's ready to come back, we're going to play him for that stretch, or let's wait until the bye. 
and it seems like he's pressing to play. So I'm, I'm, I probably lean the former. Absolutely. And it, and it seems like we've kind of got a bit of an offensive rhythm or more, maybe not an offensive rhythm, but more of a competency on, on the offense, much more so than we did last time we saw Dak play. Uh, so hopefully when he plays next, he doesn't look like uh, he did week one, which was the worst QB in the league. Against the best defense in the league or close to it. Right. And like you said, there's been more consistency on offense with Cooper Rush, who, mind you, has been a phenomenal backup, has helped the Cowboys more than tread water. Um, hopefully Kellen Moore takes most of the offense that he's been using with Cooper Rush and just lets Dak ride with that instead of trying all the fancy shit that he was trying to implement week one. We're also about to get Michael Gallup back. So that that I keep on having to reiterate, but I'm going to keep doing it. That's going to be huge for this offense. Noah Brown has stepped up, and I think he will continue to be used heavily. But Michael Gallup is better and genuine, is genuinely a very good receiver. And that's just going to open things up. Um, I think CD is going to see a lot less. I think that CD has been, they've had to, they've gotten a, they've been able to key in on CD a lot on that offense. And the more weapons we can get out there, the better to open him up, to open Gallup up, get this offense yeah. moving again. Um, um, you mentioned the Chargers injuries earlier. Rashawn Slater, their stud left tackle uh, was a rookie last year jumped into the conversation for top five left tackles in the league pretty much from day one. He is now out for the season, which sucks. Their backup left tackle is Jamari Salier or Slayer or something like that. He played for Ohio State last year. Better than Storm Norton, who filled in for Slater after he got injured. Uh, But he's still a rookie. Luckily for the Chargers, they're playing the Texans this week, so they should be able to get things on track. But going back to the conversation you had in your quick question, if they don't beat the Texans, then I'm really worried. Um, they're going to beat the Texans. Yeah, yes. Um, I <clears throat> The Slater thing is huge. Joey Bosa won't be out all season, but it's still big. I mean – yeah, I forgot to mention, he, he got placed on IR. Yeah, Sierra is way too low on them right now. I just am scared of them. Like, I, I'm sure they're going to beat the Texans, but I wouldn't put any money on it. Like, I'm just – and nothing would shock me when it comes to them anymore. And the Chargers just might be cursed, and that sucks. Um, yeah. More injury news. More often. Uh, Trent Williams is out for a couple of weeks. The 49ers in general, I mean, if you, anyone who watched that game against the Broncos all the way through, uh, yuck, gross. That offense could move without Trent Williams, who is one of the best tackles, if not the best tackle in the league, they might take it another step back. So I, I don't know what the problem is right now. Kind of, I have faith in Kyle Shanahan to kind of figure it out and, and put a competent offense out on the field. But that's another team where I am not comfortable betting on them in any way, shape, or form. Oh, zero. I mean, they lost to the Bears, which that was a game that anyone could have won or lost. But 
they still lost and the Bears stink. That game against the Broncos was not promising. I mean embarrassing. Not not even not promising. It was embarrassing. Yeah. So it's tough. Uh I'll let Oscar cover the last bit of our news. Fuck you. Sam has come back. He now leads in the team draft twenty-four to twenty-three. Damn straight. Uh you drafted the Dolphins pretty late and also drafted the Jaguars super late. I let you do it. I shouldn't have let you do it. Both of those are phenomenal picks. Yes, sir. I think yes, sir. speaking more broadly about the Dolphins, I don't know that they're this good. People are saying that they're close to, if not the best team in the league. Right. Wrong. Also, people are saying that the Eagles are far and away the best team in the NFC. Also wrong. Closer to right, but I still run. Closer to right, sure. <laughs> they're they're not the team just, to beat in the NFC. I think I think they I mean I think they're closer to it than you're giving them credit for right now, but I think it's simply because of injuries. The Bucks extremely injured. Yeah. The the Packers dealing with a ton of injuries too. Like there's just NFC is tough right now. The Rams are, are sagging behind. Um so the Eagles are are just about as tough as it gets in the NFC right now. Um but if we're saying that they're the best team in the NFC, I, I think that's still too premature. I mean yeah, but they're, th- those are the two undefeated teams, Eagles and Dolphins. Uh, credit to both those organizations for the turnarounds that they've made in the last year or two. Um, and both are good teams. Both will make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, There's also a bunch of uh, Jalen Hurts MVP frontrunner talk, which I also think is getting a little ahead of itself. Yeah, it's absolutely Mich- Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, without a doubt. Questionably. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, we can go ahead and hop into the Texans Jag updates. I think we updated on the Texans first last week, so I'll go ahead and go first with the Jaguars. Yeah, let's start positive. Yeah, yeah. Jaguars won against the Chargers big time. Um, I think we were uh, underdogs by a touchdown. No, 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 no. Because no. the Justin Herbert stuff, uh, the line moved down a little bit. But I think we at at the end of it, we were still at the very least four point dogs in this game. We ended up winning by 28, 38 to 10. Um, it was a wonderful game to watch. I'll be against a Chargers team that was not fully healthy, it was but fun. still very competent. A um, couple of things. I'll just rapid fire. This defensive line, very cohesive, very dangerous. Um, you mentioned it. You were higher on Josh Allen last week than I was. I'm fully on board now. For the let's let's make a push for defensive player of the year, dude. I I put the note in. He has the second most pressures in the league right now. Yeah, he's playing like a madman, and part of the reason is the cohesion. I mean, Trayvon Walker, um, Robertson, um, uh, basically every guy in that defensive line that we're running out is getting pressure, is producing, is doing something on that field. Um, and it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet like for Trayvon. He didn't have a sack last week. But he was a massive part of that game. A massive part of opening things up for oh Josh God. Allen. Um, so that's wonderful to see. Um, I want to read off just a couple of things real quick about the Jaguars' offense. Um, we've allowed okay. two sacks on the season. Tied for first in the NFL. 
Um, I was worried coming out of week one about our offensive line, and they've answered a ton of questions the last two weeks. Our offensive line has not – I'm not willing to say it isn't a, a weakness for us. It has not been thus far. Um, the Eagles will be a good test for that next week. Um, but we're looking really good. test. Um, fourth down conversions. We have four of them so far. That's tied for third in the NFL. That tells me we're going for it and we're seeing success doing so. Love to see it. Go for it on every fourth down. Go for it. We're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Who cares? Um, we have nine, 10 play drives. That's first in the NFL. We are, we, we are third in the NFL in time of possession right now. We are methodically moving down the field. Uh, it's wonderful to see. I think Doug Peterson and the, the other new hires on this uh, coaching staff have blown me away um, thus far. I love what we're doing with Trevor. I love what we're doing with the offense. Um, one thing I would say with with Trevor especially is it's selfish, I know, and he's playing so out of his mind right He's playing fantastic. It's just selfishly I want to see more explosive plays out of this offense and out of Trevor because um, we're moving methodically. And we're doing it well and we're not making mistakes. I just want to see a yeah. couple of I want to, I want to see a couple of You plays. want the boom yeah. plays. Let's see. Hey, as the uh as the manager of Trevor Lawrence in our fantasy league, completely agree. Absolutely. I don't let's see James Robinson catch a pass and run, or Tra- Travis Etienne catch it and run for a touchdown, a long touchdown. Anyone. Um I just I, I want to see those boom plays happen, and they will eventually. They happen for every team um a couple of times. Um but Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, he's been lights out the last two weeks. I mean, he has not made made a mistake the last two weeks, and he will. I mean, he's he will. He's not, still a second year quarterback. He's really starting to come into his own, and the Jaguars are doing a great job of not forcing him to do too much. Let him play his game. He's going. He's so much better going through his going through his reads and every play. He's so much better under pressure than he was last season. Uh, I just love to see it. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about individual players is Devin Lloyd is playing really, really well. I think he has the most Dude, pass he's breakups. Good. He's tied for most pass breakups in the league right now. He's got a couple of interceptions. As a linebacker. Uh, he's, he's close to leading the team in tackles. Like He's all over the place. And I was watching this past week, and there's still some problems about um, Alua Kuhn having to help him out, be in the right place at the beginning of plays and stuff like that. Once the football gets snapped, he's he's there. And he's, he's on the ball, and he's quick, and I love to see it. So I, I'm happy with our first round um, uh, thus far, and I'm happy with the Jaguars. I just have one question. And – Oh, no, okay. no, go ahead and ask your, ask your question. Before, go ahead and- Not a question. I was going to say, and your center is Luke Fortner, who you drafted in the third round. And he's, he's been, been great. he hasn't been, like, blowing the top off, but he's been, like, like Trev- yeah. Trevon Walker and De- Devin Lloyd have, but he's been. He's been doing everything he yeah. wants to, that's for sure. Um, the only, the question I have is the Jaguars have been getting a ton of hype. One of the most hyped up teams right now in the league, for sure. Um, do they deserve the hype they're getting? The hype they're getting is they're getting, they're being called one of the teams that are one of the scariest teams in leagues to play the league to play right now. 
I've seen a ton of stuff on social media from Eagles fans giving us a ton of credit and trying to be like, oh, like they're really good. We should watch out for them. Like, and I don't know if that's them trying to mitigate the embarrassment if they lose to us because they're three zero, or if they're really scared of us. But you say so. You're saying they are they are as good as the hype is saying. So it depends on the hype you're talking about. I absolutely think that they're the best team in the AFC South, and it's not close. I think that was established even last week. I think they, I mean, by that, they're a playoff team because the, the division winner makes the playoffs. I think that they are a tough first-round matchup. Like, teams are not going to want to play the Jags in the first round. Like you said, not a Super Bowl contender yet, but – when we said that the, the the absolute like best it could be this year was ten or eleven wins, like that looks very reasonably possible. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean we're really good. I just I'm waiting for the bomb to fall out. That I uh, Philadelphia is playing better than the Chargers right now, pretty significantly so. Um, I'm really interested. This game is going to be awesome. It's one of the best games of the week for sure. You wrote that down. Is it the game of the week? Um, it's one of them for sure. It's one of the most interesting. And I will be interested. I'm more interested to see how this defense holds up against Jalen Hurts because people have been able to score on the Eagles. We saw week one with the Lions. Um, I think we can score on the Eagles. The question is, can this defense hold up? Can we get enough pressure on Jalen Hurts? kind of lock him down, not lock him down, but, but make it to where he's not yet where stop him from having another 400 passing yard, 50 yard rushing four touchdown game, which is what he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just, can you keep him in the pocket and with Trevon Walker on one side and Josh Allen on the other, you're one of the teams that might be able to, um, it's going to be I'll, a hell of a game. I, I still would pick the Eagles, but I think they're favored by like five and a half. And I don't, I don't think – I expect the Jags to at least cover that. Yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised either if we have a spy watching Jalen Hurts basically every play. Um, Maybe Devin Lloyd? I think, we need, I think we need our corners and safeties out there watching A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. I don't know. Anyone watching last week saw Devonta Smith just absolutely go nuts. And A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in the league. So I think we need all the secondary help we can get covering those guys. But um, either Devin Lloyd or Alua Kuhn, if they, I would be more than happy to see them spying the QB. And the second he steps out of the pocket, go after him. Close. Yeah. All right. I have two closing thoughts, and then we'll get back to the, the message that this podcast typically delivers, which is pain, of course. Um, first... Trevor Lawrence, this was his 10th road game of his career. He had lost the previous nine and won this one. I don't know if you saw this. Do you know? Okay, so the previous, you know that the previous quarterback to do that, only other, Peyton Manning. Pretty sweet. Uh, Try not to pay too much attention to the, people are, people are comparing him, have been comparing him to Peyton Manning for two years and I try not to listen to it because they've been comparing him to Peyton Manning since he was in high school. He was like one of the best. And it's going eerily similar to Peyton's career so far. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I said it before the season, people were hating. I said, 
in my opinion, at the end of this year, at minimum, he's a top 10 quarterback. And it looks pretty close to that right now. Um, and then the other thing was we were both optimistic about the Dougie Peed signing. We were both like, this is the exact sort of presence that he needs. I was happy. About I don't that, think yeah. that either of us could have thought that it would go this well, especially because Trent Baalke was still the general manager. And I got to give credit to Trent Baalke. He has morphed a lot of his team building ideals to what works with Doug Peterson. And they both went out and said, we need a receiver like Christian Kirk. We need a receiver like Zay Jones. And when they signed Zay Jones, I was like, what the hell are they doing? He is, he's good, man. And speaking, going back to explosive plays, like he's going to be the guy to give those explosive plays here pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Doug Peterson, I like the hire when we hired him. He's one of those guys where obviously, I mean, obviously he won that title with Nick Foles and the Eagles. And that's a great title against a team that was clearly better than them. Like, great. Um, and then a couple of years of mediocrity and he got fired. And when he got fired, I was still kind of surprised that he got fired. Like I kind of thought he would be afforded yeah. more time. And so I like, it was one of those things where he got fired, but he was definitely going to get hired by another team. I think he knows what it takes to win. I think he knows. I mean, he was the guy who unlocked the best that we've seen from Carson Wentz, which I don't want to compare Trevor Lawrence to anything, yep. Carson Wentz, but <laughs> <laughs> that Carson Wentz was headed straight for an MVP season before he got injured. Um, he would have won that MVP that year had he not. Yeah, for um, sure. So, you know, I think the Jaguars fans have to be happy, and it's it's a great feeling knowing um, Eagles fans. If you ask any Eagles fan, how do they feel about Doug Peterson? They love that man. Well, nothing against him. They are they yeah. love Doug Peterson. I guarantee you that man gets a standing ovation when they when they walk into the stadium this Sunday. Almost, yeah, certainly. Um, he won them their only Super Bowl. And he seems like a good guy. He seems like a yeah. good guy. So. Yeah, I was going to call it a revenge game for Doug Peterson, but I don't think that there's like any ill will bet- between either side. I think that he wants to no. win, for sure. Uh, it's just, I, I think that, Philly fans are obviously happy with what they're what they have now. Nick Sirianni apparently is a pretty good coach. Um, He's doing well right now. I think that Eagles fans were incredibly disappointed when the whole thing blew up between Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, and they held on to Howie Roseman instead of holding on to Doug Peterson because it was like two of the three had to go. But now, I mean, I think all sides won. The Jaguars got a great, experienced coach, and Howie Roseman is either Howie Roseman or Trent Baalke for the executive of the year so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's talk Texans. Let's get negative. Uh, we lost to the Bears, and we could just stop the podcast there. We could – it <laughs> could be over. <laughs> and, and the oh, message would have gotten across – See, we all should have known that you guys were going to lose to the Bears because I have never, I, I've seen, I've never seen so much confidence from a fan base of a team that is very clearly not very good than than I saw this week leading up to the to the Bears game. I don't know, man, because Bears fans were really 
really pushing it back. Like it was, it was both sides fighting. We're the better team. We're the better team. In truth, both teams suck. They're probably the 31st and 32nd teams in the NFL, even though the Bears are two and one now. Uh, Justin Fields threw for 87 yards and had two interceptions, and they still won the game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start it off with some texts that I <laughs> received from friend of the podcast, Dalton Drody. God, where is it? <laughs> Good morning. I've officially jumped off the Davis Mills bandwagon. Bring on Bryce Young. If we had a decent quarterback, we would be 3-0 and right now, which I think is true, man. Like, our run defense is awful, but we've been in all of these games. We sh- With a decent quarterback, we should be 3-0. He is the weak link. Jalen Petrie balled out. Pierce had a good game, and we still couldn't beat the goddamn Bears. It fucking genuinely hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the best summary possible. Um, we have zero fourth quarter points this season. Zero. Yeah, it all falls apart with a pretty talented young running back, with two pretty good receivers, with an offensive line that has not looked awful this year. It's looked bad in spots, and so I can't put the blame all on Davis Mills. But with Laramie Tunsil, who is playing like a near all-pro right now, and Kenyon Green, who has stepped in to be a phenomenal young guard, and then Titus Howard has semi-struggled, we should have a decently competent offensive line, and, we, and, and offense in general, and we don't. Um, the play that ended the game... There, someone put the dots on Twitter, the dots of like all the players moving. Uh, and it was third and one. We decided to throw the ball. Rex Burkhead was on the field, of course. Mm-hmm. Both Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks are wide open for at least 20 yards. Both those guys would have gone far. And all we needed, it was 20 to 20. All we needed was a field goal to end the game. Instead... Davis Mills decides to throw to a double covered Rex Burkhead. <laughs> and it's tipped at the line and intercepted by Roquan Smith to end the game. Because we're on the Bears or R30. The Bears just turned around and kicked a field goal to win the game. It, you know, it hurts, I know, but we talked about this before the season. You guys are bad. Davis Mills is not the guy. I think we've obviously, yeah, yeah, we're, we're there the now. The best possible scenario is for the highest possible pick. Yeah, it's. Uh, I and you guys are headed for that right now. So you know what? It hurts. It sucks. But you gotta, <laughs> you gotta adopt the 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 uh, adopt the Jaguars mindset. The last two years. I was perfectly okay watching my team lose every single game for two years. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say perfectly okay. It was mostly it, mostly okay. I think the fact that you had Trevor Lawrence on the on the other end of it really helped. 
I, I'm still yeah. not sure who the best quarterback in the next class is. I do think it's Bryce Young right now, but C.J. Stroud's making a push. Will Levis is making a push. Really good, man. Oh, I just want to throw back a uh, thank you to the Jets, the New York Jets. Why <laughs> the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. They sure are. They sure are. Who'd they the beat? End, like the the end of the season two years ago. They beat who was it? They basically if like a good team. They beat a good team to get out of contention. The Raiders. It was the Raiders. It was that the the play that got Gus Bradley fired because or not Gus Bradley. Someone fired because they ran the the engage eight. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Jets won and lost out on Trevor Lawrence and I will forever be indebted to the Jets and give it up to them for, you know what? Zach Wilson just as good, right? No, uh, back to the Texans really quick. I know that I'm supposed to be paused, like be like, okay, lose every game. Now let's get the number one overall pick. That way we pick our quarterback. It just hurts when it's the bears. Like any other team, any other game, I go in thinking I'm going to lose. So it's, it's okay. Like this Chargers week, even with all their injuries, even with Justin Herbert not really looking like himself right now, like we're going to lose the game and I'm fine with that. It's just that it was the Bears. Um, our pass defense, uh, Baldy from ESPN, Brian Baldinger broke down uh, both our, our, uh, secondary and our offensive line and was complimenting the hell out of everyone. We, we look at least league average uh, in our secondary, which is exciting. It means we have the pieces to maybe get Bryce Young and then look a lot better next year. Um, Jalen Petrie looks like a dog. He had two picks. He had both the both the interceptions on uh, nice. Justin Fields and sacked him, which looked like the game-winning sack, and then it wasn't. Uh, so between him and Damian Pierce, who you've heard me get really excited about, Kenyon Green, not even to mention Derek Stingley, who looked really good this week. We've got the pieces. We've got the young core. I think that Nick Casario is a really good general manager, like a really good drafter. Um, it's just Davis Mills is not, not the guy, uh, our run defense, like I said, still bottom five in the league, maybe bottom one Khalil Herbert ran 20 times for 157 yards and two touchdowns. The bears rushed for 281 as a team. Anyway, it's tough. It is. I mean, it's it's just tough because you've been in such close games every single week that they keep giving you hope. Week one, coming out of week one, my goodness, you know, hope was high, and and part is coaching. I Lovey Smith yeah. deserves credit for what the the secondary looks like, but he also deserves a lot of hate for what our rush defense looks like. Pep Hamilton, who I'm very excited about as our offensive coordinator, deserves a lot of the blame for what Davis Mills is looking like. 
and some questionable decisions about who he's putting on the field at all times um, and where he's lining Brandon Cooks up. Brandon Cooks is a very, very good receiver who should be at, running out of the slot like 40% of the game minimum. And he's been running go balls. Just every route is yep. just a go. And anyway, let's get into our game spread pick so I can stop being depressed. Uh, we tied last Absolutely. week 8-8, eight to eight, uh, including the Texans who lost but covered. There we go. There we go. Hang your hat on that. Um, I believe I went first last time. So, Oscar Barkas, you got first pick this time. First game of the week, Thursday night football. It's about to kick off here in about an hour. Um, Miami at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got? The Dolphins look good, but think long, think wrong, my man. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals. Uh, I'm sure you're happy to end up with Miami, but I'm I'm riding with my Bengals. Dude, I am surprised how high they've been ranked in like power ranking and stuff this week. The Bengals they beat up on a team, but it was the Jets, and they looked really good the first couple weeks. Yeah. I still. And they haven't been able to run the ball at all. Like, I'm genuinely kind of worried about Which is weird. But neither have the Dolphins. I'm not worried about, like, Joe Mixon, the player. I'm worried about that run game, though, because, like, that's something that's genuinely I'm not sure that that gets fixed fully this season. I just – it's one of those things where I need to see it first. So, I, you know, I I don't know. I, that They are broken compared, compared to what they were last season. Um, if they win this game, that'll be huge for them, though. Um, I am happy to get Miami. Next game, Minnesota at New Orleans. It's the London game, 8, p- 8 a.m. our time. Wonderful. Love the London games. Jaguars always have – Jaguars are the biggest um, advocates of the London game. Uh, the con- And aren't in the game this year, which is kind of crazy. We are. We don't have one? No. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, I know our owner wishes that we could, that he could move our team to London. But he does. It doesn't happen, but – um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Minnesota. They're two and a half point favorites. I will take them. Um, I do not like New Orleans right now at all. Let's talk about a broken offense. That them, absolutely them. Um, any thoughts on that one? I woke up for the London game last year because it was the Jaguars game. I'm not so sure that I'll be up for this one. Uh, <laughs> The Saints have just looked bad, and Jameis is definitely super hurt. And uh, I hate watching the Vikings. I'm sorry. So I probably won't be up. I'm not very happy to end up with the Saints, but that's how it goes. All right, Cleveland at Atlanta. Cleveland is getting a point and a half. Or giving a point and a half, sorry. I think I'm taking Atlanta. They're home. Their offense looks so fun. And I just – I hate the Browns. I know that – you're probably – with my two picks, you're probably happy to be on the receiving end of the of the other team. Yeah, I mean, the Browns, I hate them. But what you get said hasn't been that bad. And they've been able to score points. And I like Atlanta's offense. It's really fun to watch. But they're not exactly great at football. 
So I'm not, I'm not too pressed about it. Um, next game is Washington at Dallas. Dallas is three and a half, three point favorites. Um, it's at home. They're calling Dallas three points favorites. So they're basically saying that we're even as teams right now, which I don't really understand. I'm going to take Dallas. Absolutely. I think our pass rush versus their offensive line is a huge mismatch. And I, we sacked Daniel Jones, what was it, six times last week? I would not be shocked at all if we get another six this week. It's more than six. Well, I'll say that. Carson Wentz got sacked nine times last week. Yep. And who did they play? The Eagles. The Eagles, who are a really good team. Uh, I am not very happy to get Washington here. I do think it's a close game, but Dallas is covering three points. I think I think any game with Cooper Rush as their quarterback is going to be close. Yeah, that's exactly. That's that's what I meant by that. All right. Um, Seattle at Detroit. Detroit is giving four and a half points to the Seahawks, and I'm still taking the Lions. <laughs> Seattle... Geno Smith had something for a week, and he does not have it anymore. <laughs> I I don't want any part of Seattle. Like, yeah. and the, Four and a half and, points is a lot. Detroit's hot. I mean, um, I'll talk about Detroit a little bit more in the fantasy corner because there's a there's a little bit I want to cover with them. Um, but Detroit's hot right now, and you can't deny that. And they're a dangerous team. No one wants to play them. I like them when here. Um, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Indiana Indianapolis is a three-point favorite. Um, this gross game. Gross. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee. Okay. Um, so you do not think that the Colts beating the Chiefs was real? I think the Colts got really lucky. I think the Colts got really lucky against the Chiefs. Very, I, like several times. I think it's significantly better than what they showed the first two weeks but I still think they're not very good. And I think Tennessee's fine. I mean, they're both fine. And I think I think putting them even is a good idea. I think that it's fine with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not rooting for the Colts here. I, I can't. Yeah, man. I, they, Matt Ryan – Matt Ryan, it's sad. He signed there because they supposedly had a good offensive line, and their offensive line looks so bad. Uh, but a lot of the blame also goes on Matty Ice. Chicago at <laughs> New York Giants. I wrote wrote in Third here, of the week. one of these teams will be 3-1 and one following this game, which is – Giants are point favorites. They are. At home, three and a half points, which means they're a little more they're they're they get the home field advantage plus like a point or so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants. I think it's clearly the Giants. Giants yeah. will put up yards, like no question. Saquon Saquon's going to have over hundred yards and a touchdown, guaranteed. Yeah, and and they're the the Giants' rush defense looked decent against Pollard and Zeke, um, so maybe they'll contain Khalil Herbert a little better than the Texans did. Uh, but I think their secondary is actually worse than the Texans, 
So maybe Justin Fields get things gets things going. I'm not sure. I doubt it. I I'm so out of bears. All right, pick your uh, pick your Jaggies. Hey, Jacksonville at Philly. Philly is six and a half point favorites. I'll take Jacksonville to cover that, just because they're my boys. Um, they're your team, man. You got to my boys. Uh, we're riding high. Six right. and a half is a ton. It's a ton. It's almost a touchdown. I mean, Jaguars could absolutely cover that. Um, I think if we play like we did the last two weeks, I think we'll definitely cover that. Um, and yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all that needs to be said. Yep, I think you're right. It comes down to if your defense can can stop Philly's super-powered offense, at least for a little bit. Jets at Steelers. The Steelers are favored by three and a half. Um, Mina Kimes asked this on her podcast, I believe. Which do you think is more likely, Mitchell Trubisky gets benched in this game or Zach Wilson, what was it? Zach Wilson looks super bad. I think Zach Wilson looking super bad is probably the most likely here. Which is why I'm taking the Steelers. Three and a half is a lot. I think that this game is probably pretty close, but. It's just, this is a crappy game. Shit fest. I mean. All right, pick this next better game. Yeah, Buffalo at Baltimore. There are a ton of injuries on both teams. I mean, this this is probably the game of the week in reality. It's close. Um, Buffalo at Baltimore. Buffalo is three-and-a-half-point favorites. And I am going to take – I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to take Buffalo because I think – I think if they had won against Miami, I might take Baltimore here. But I think Buffalo's mad. I think Buffalo's super mad. mad. They should not have lost that game to the Dolphins. Um, they played yeah. better all game. And, and yeah. I think they come out pissed off. And Baltimore will put up points. They, I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to play out of his mind like he does every single week, apparently. Um, but I think the Bills have enough firepower to, to – you know, play Lamar off the field. Yeah, my I'm I'm actually okay getting Baltimore with points here, uh, especially since they're at home, because the Buffalo secondary is so banged up. We talked about Micah Hyde being out for the season. Jordan Poyer might not play. Trey White is still not back. Um, and their rookie corner Benford or whatever, who is playing well, is also hurt. Uh, so that's a lot of guys missing. Yeah, yeah. They have combined like five starts among their secondary. Right? It's it's really tough. They played really well tough. against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They played well. They, I mean, Jalen Waddle got open for one long pass. Tyreek Hill kind of got shut down. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, Chargers at Houston. LA is is giving five points to the Texans, and I think that they still cover that. I'm taking the Chargers. Plus. Absolutely. Like that same narrative you had for the the Bills. The Chargers are mad, and they're going to take it out on my poor, sad sack Texans. Yep. All right, Arizona at Carolina. Carolina is favorites by just two. Um, I'm going to take Carolina in this one. Okay. <laughs> um, that'll be my kind of out there pick 
so far. I, I just like, I, with Carolina, I tend to believe that like this offense is going to look better as this year goes on. Like, I feel like it just has to, there's too much talent on that offense to not, in my opinion. I mean, the coaching on that team is awful, so it might just suck all the way through. But I really don't like Arizona. Their defense is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Carolina's defense is actually pretty good, yeah. which I think is – you made the right point there. Yeah. Um, CMC I mean, might not play. That's a big one. That's a huge one. Yeah, and I'm, your your point that you just said there's too much talent on the Panthers – I think applies even more so to the Cardinals because they actually have a good quarterback. Kyler is is good, and he's he's wasting away with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, New England at Green Bay. Green Bay is getting ten and a half or giving ten and a half points to the Patriots. That's a big spread, and I think it may change since Mac Jones said he might play, but. <laughs> I'm still taking Green Bay, man. The, the Pats are bad. Oh, 10 and a half points. So I'm not pissed because any time there's a 10 and a half point spread, like I'm not going to take that. It's just like if I'm like, like speaking actual money wise. Betting, yeah. I would not put money on games like that. Um, but the Packers are going to win and this game could get out of hand fast. Like the, the New England's defense is pretty good, but. I don't like. I'm not like. I'm not worried about the Packers putting up points, and any team who can put up points shouldn't be worried about New England very much. Um, no, and the, the Packers are going to put up way more points than they did against the Bucks last week. Oh, they should. Um, Denver at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is favored minus two and a half. Vegas being the only three and O team in the league right now. Sorry, oh, and sorry. three. Right, zero oh, and three team in the league. Uh, yeah, I bet they're pissed that the Texans tied week one. Someone explain someone explain uh, Devontae Adams' usage to me. Dude, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I'm i going to take – oh, geez, am I? Oh, I'm going to take Denver. <laughs> I'm going to take Denver. Um Denver is a Denver is another team. I talked about the Carolina Carolina's offense being better throughout the season just because of the talent level. I think like the alarms are blaring in Denver for sure. I still think as the season progresses, they get better as a team and as an offense. Speaking of the alarms blaring, the Raiders. Yeah. I... Uh. Josh McDaniels, there was a thread by a former Denver player who played under him in Denver, uh, and it was damning. I'll, I'll say that much. So <laughs> the Raiders giving points here, even though they're at home, like, I don't know, man. They've been in every game so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. They just tend to have to. They tend to let it get away from them, and then try and come back, and they fall short. That's usually how their games are going. Or they let Kyler Murray be a magician, <laughs> run, around, run around for three minutes on a two point conversion. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. The Chiefs are giving two and a half to the uh, Bucks in Tampa. The best defense in the league. 
I think the Chiefs are mad. I'm, I'm going based on that narrative. I think that they're pissed, so I'm taking Kansas City. I think you have to. I think you have to. I, I mean, that offense over on Tampa Bay is broken without their weapons. Mike Evans should be back, right? He was only suspended. He is back. Yeah, it's only yeah, one game. Um, so that's a huge help. But I think Kansas City is – I mean, I, f- at full strength, I think Kansas City and Tampa Bay are – I don't think you can tell me that one is clearly and obviously better than the other one. Um, and I think Tampa Bay's injuries, their defense is still fantastic, but I, I think that offense is going to struggle to keep up with the Chiefs. Um, last game, uh, the Rams at San Francisco. San Francisco is, our, San Francisco is two and a half point favorites. I'll take the Rams. Um, San Francisco, the offense looked terrible last week, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on them right now. I mean, they have to. Be- Dude, you can't. But- I mean, the Rams will put up points. Yeah, and the Rams are better than they've looked. Like, they, they, we talked about it before. Super Bowl hangover is real. They're going to make the playoffs, especially with how bad the NFC West looks. Uh, and man, the Niners suck. They don't suck. They just looked so bad on Sunday night. I turned the game off, it was bad. It was hard to watch for sure. All right, quick fantasy corner before we let y'all out of here. Uh, I think you're still up on going back to the game spread pickups. I think you're still up on the year, but it's pretty close. Hopefully I make up some ground both there and the team draft. Fantasy corner, we're both 3-0 and right now, and we play each other this week, which sounds great. <laughs> and it's not great. <laughs> Sam is projected to beat me by 30 points right now. And we've talked about all the reasons why. I did end up changing my name, like I promised on the show. I said if I if I won a couple close games, I'd become the Shipbull Superstars. So that is my name. Uh, it's a- um, one other big announcement. Wyatt Caldwell has started his uh, journey into recreating the best fantasy football season of all time, which is owned by one Connor Calhoun which the move there is you win the first two weeks convincingly put up like the most points in the league and then lose the rest of the games of the season. So look out for that. It's really exciting. Um, A bunch of his players are injured right now. So that's where we're we're on the journey last week, uh, which he should have. And so it's a very exciting time for Wyatt. I wish him the best. Um, Oh, he just left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, let's do trade talk real fast. Um, any trade that's happened in the league that you really want to talk about, or should we talk about guys we think are good trade candidates? So before we do any of that, we had a listener reach out and ask us to, to give us, give him some advice. That would be one Jackson Wills. He said, I'm thinking about outright cutting Russell Wilson and replacing him with Trevor Lawrence. There's no trade market in my league for Russ obviously. And I'm not willing to trade other potential assets for a different QB, other available QBs, Brady, Carr, Goff, Kirk. Eight-man league with work. Don't want to drop anyone else off my bench and carry multiple QBs, standard format. I'm all about it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good fantasy quarterback for the rest of the year. 
absolutely do it. I think he's the best one on the waiver wire. I think you can drop Russ, and then he's just going to be sitting there if you want to pick him back up. So I think you should absolutely do it. Yeah, and like you said, it's an eight-man league. Uh, if you don't. So I, I think go for it. Go for the upside for sure. Yep. Uh, trades, the only trades that have happened in the league are mine. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to trade more. So if anyone wants to trade me, that's listening to this, I'm, I'm trying to go for the most trades in a single season. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Well, let's move, let's really quickly just do highlight a player that you think should be sold or should be, or sh- you should go after. I can start cause I have one like red. Yeah. You know. start. I've kind of alluded to with the lions. Amonra St. Brown should be traded. Um, the, the Lions are averaging okay. like 35 points a game. Their offense is is playing at a level that simply is not sustainable. Given the talent on the field, given Jared Goff, given just football in general, they will not score 35 points a game this season. Not to mention the fact that there's there's if you look at the rest of the receiving options on Detroit, there are people getting high high targets. I mean, um, TJ Hawkinson is getting like eight targets a game. Um, DJ Shark, baby. DJ Shark is getting like six or seven targets a game. And and Amon Ross St. Brown has um, three touchdowns through the first three games, and an inordinate amount percentage of touchdowns are going his way. So I think you're I think we're going to be seeing regression from multiple fronts um, as far as he's concerned. He is a phenomenal player, and he will be good for fantasy moving for, for the foreseeable future. That's not changing, and I'm not disparaging him. His situation is simply not good enough to continue this streak. And also, anytime a player scores 40 or 50, which he's done, he scored 40 to, uh, in week two, like that is not that by itself is not sustainable. I think you can sell him for a ton right now, and I think you can make your team better. I think you can get bring back multiple fantastic assets for Monroe St. Brown right now. And if you and you should absolutely be marketing him for something that blows your socks off. Yeah, I, I think it just depends on the return because uh, I, like you said, I think that he is still going to be a phenomenal fantasy asset more like wide receiver top 15 wide receivers than top three. Right. So if you can get the return for a top three wide receiver, get a top 12 or 15 wide receiver and a RB two or something like that. I agree. I, I just don't think that I think people have started to count, like think that it's, this is a very consistent thing that we can count on the lions to produce points to produce produce on offense and i don't know that i'm ready to do that mainly because of jared goff but there's some other factors too their their schedule hasn't exactly been they haven't exactly played the greatest defenses eagles are pretty good they put up 35 against them so that's a great sign but i'm all i'm saying is you might want to sell high on him because this is this is this ceiling this is the ceiling right here okay uh since you gave a sell high. I'll give a buy low and this will make one of our listeners happy. I think Joe Mixon is a buy low right now. He is getting top five running back usage and it's just not panning out. Um, And like you said, the the Bengals have not schemed the run game well. And so maybe that just continues. Maybe that just is what it is. But Joe Mixon was a top 10 running back last year. 
I think at minimum, he's an RB one, two, like somewhere in there. And right now he's like the RB 20. So I think he's like in that eight to 12 range, eight to 14. Um, He's not, if you drafted him as a top five running back, he's not going to be that. But if he had just scored a touchdown in one of the first three games, I I guess he did week one. We would be talking. No, we would be talking different. Yeah. Uh, my my issues are not with Joe Mixon, the player, at all. He's still phenomenal, and he's getting a ton of usage, which is great. So I tend to agree with you that eventually that should turn into fantasy points. I just <sighs> – I mean, if you watch the Bengals play, he is getting zero-yard gains in the red zone over and over and over again. That offensive line is terrible, and they're not scheming him. They're scheming him right up the middle over and over and over yeah, which is not how you use Joe Mixon. And I just, I am scared. I am scared of that. Yeah, it's tough to buy. I mean, I just, I just traded for Jamar Chase. It's tough to buy into the Bengals getting better when you realize that their head coach is Zach Taylor and he's probably overqualified or underqualified for that job. That Super Bowl run made the Bengals look a lot better than they are, in my opinion. But they still have incredible weapons. Joe Burrow, who is still a top eight quarterback. And they're going to make the playoffs. So I think it's going to turn around. So I'm buying. I think there's positive regression coming for the Bengals in general and Joe Mixon. And if you're, if you, Joe Mixon is the exact type of guy you want to trade for if you're making a push to the fantasy playoffs or trying to get a championship, because that's the type of home run thing that maybe like his value is not where his ceiling is for sure. Like that, they aren't even close right now. Um, so if he he were to break out later in the season, um, and you traded for him now, I mean that would be a value, for sure. So I I do, but yeah, yeah. And Connor's listening to this right now, so probably our league can't buy as low as you can in other leagues. But most managers are looking at the fact that he scored like five points this week and eight the week before. Yeah, if you can trade like. I don't know. I have Josh Jacobs. If I could trade Josh Jacobs and my wide receiver three for (laughs) Joe Mixon, I'm doing it in an instant. And I know that I can't. And that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, Connor, are you uh, (laughs) you interested in that trade? Josh Jacobs and wide receiver three? Come on. Come on. You love Allen Robinson. Anyway, uh, Sam, any last thoughts? (laughs) Um, no, I'm excited for this game tonight. We're about to see the Bengals play um, against a really good Miami team, so that'll be a good test. Um, and I'm ready for this this weekend of football. Dude, me too. I'm ready, even though the Texans suck. Uh, I guess we'll we'll end there. Thank you to the listeners that are with us right now or who will be listening later. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Josh Jacobs. And... I already thank the listener, but thank you again for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We'll see you next week.